I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club. The chore is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Wow, you rattled through that. <laughs> I hope people understood what you said. It's going so well, Ellen. So good. See how I enunciate my words. Good for you. <laughs> Today we are chatting about the making of a Highlander. That's excellent, by Ellen. By Elisa Braden. Jiminy Christmas. But first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? Well, this is the only book I read this week. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was it was over a four hundred page book, so you know, I have to if it, if they get too long, I can't fit extra books in there. Yeah. Let's see. We've been watching more Main Cabin Master because I got my husband hooked on it. Yeah. And so well, now I finished my assessment from Hell this week. So did you get into Hell? Are they gonna let you into Hell? <laughs> and by Hell, you mean the teaching profession. Yeah. Um, so that is submitted. We'll see how that goes. If I don't pass, I may cry and that, and then, and then move on. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but so mom and dad have been watching things that I don't care about them watching. Yeah. So we had to pick stuff that Ellen wasn't interested in. So we watched, we rewatched some old cabin masters just cause this is just my husband's thing because that would be his dream house would be a cabin in the middle of nowhere with no electricity or power like the unabomber it would be (laughs) (laughs) and god knows what he would do yes heaven forbid because he's not a genius (laughs) fast forward to mom being like interviewed on some true crime crime show why did you kill your husband (laughs) well here's why (laughs) no i was gonna say he is like you know, making nefarious dealings up in... Oh, that could be. I don't know. Anyway, um, but he loves the the whole... And because we lived in Maine, he's he's it's, it's all about him. Anyway, I've also been watching a lot of FBI Files, which is an old true crime thing about FBI Files. And it's kind of, kind of janky, but it, I can only watch true crime that Ellen's not interested in watching. But it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. First of all, they have a lot of, like, historical cases. So they had one about the... Um, the civil rights workers that were killed down in Mississippi. They had one about um, the World Trade Center bombing, like back in '79 or '80. I can't remember when it was. The first one. Well, and and it was funny because the episode I was watching was from like 1998, and it kept saying the worst terrorist attack on American soil ever. And I was like, Oh, honey, just wait. <laughs> Give it a couple more years. Give it a couple years. Um, anyway, so I like the historical ones that talk about you know, big cases from the, from history. Those are interesting. Um, but it's it's something to kill time while I'm, you know, yeah. just watching by myself. We also went, um, there's a bunch of the teenagers that I work with at our church who were in the local high schools, actually my alma mater's 
production production of, of Oklahoma. So we went to that last night, and it was very cute. They did a super cute, very job. adorable, mm-hmm. and it was you know making me harken back to my. In fact, it's kind of so they have this like brand new theater that they built at my old high school. And so Ellen sat there seething. Well, and so I'm very happy for them because obviously, you know, like I have fond memories of that high school's, you know, arts department and things like that. Drama program. So I'm very happy that they have a theater. However, I was a little bitter the whole time because whenever we did a play, we had to set up this stupid you know, portable stage in the cafeteria, a pain in the rear end. And so I was just like, and set up all the chairs. "Hmm, They couldn't have built this, you know, (laughs) 10 years earlier. Yeah. You have to be more than that. 15 more years. (laughs) Let's see. Does that work? 15 would get some of my high school. Okay. Right. But, um, anyway, it was very cute and it was fun. Yeah. They did a cute job. We were really happy for the kids. Um, I also watched, there's a uh, K-drama. What? That as soon as I finished my assessment, I was like, Ellen needs some Ellen comfort watching. Ellen deserves a K-drama. And so um, there's one that is like currently airing on Netflix. So they come out with a new episode every Monday and it's called A Business Proposal. And you're never going to guess. It's fake dating. What? And is I that s- a thing? Do people write? <laughs> is there such a thing as fake dating trope? <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe I don't want to get into this because it's fake dating. And like I've said many times over the past th- three months, um, I need a break. But it's a different medium. And so it doesn't feel as like, you know, trod upon as um, as it is with the books. Um, but it's pretty cute. She, like, works for him and her friend, but she doesn't know she works for him. And her friend sends her to, like, be a really bad blind date in her place. And so she's, like, this terrible blind date um, and, like, really sexually forward and all this stuff. And, um, but he's also desperate to get his grandfather off his back about getting married and things like that. So... He's just like, I'll just pretend to have fallen in love with this girl and we'll pretend to be engaged kind of thing. But so she's trying to like hide from him the fact that she also works for him in real life and all this stuff. Um, And he has hired her to be his fake fiance and, you know, hijinks ensue. As they do. And there's also a B plot with another romance because K-drama just needs to have all the romance it can get. Um, it's also very aware of like its own tropes and makes fun of its own tropey goodness, and um, it's a lot of fun. So that's called a business proposal on Netflix. There you go. <clears throat> also watching this week in rotation is the Bridgerton trailer. Yes. Oh, and we did go to a movie this weekend. Oh yeah, we went and saw the Batman. The Batman. The Batman. The Batman. Um, and I really liked it. Yeah. It's definitely, like, very dark. Robert Pattinson has the squarest jaw. I think that's how he got the part. <laughs> yeah, he just, they were just like, yeah, frame that up with the Batman mask. Perfect. 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 <clears throat> um, I never noticed how square his jaw is before this, because but that's all you see is his like jaw. Cut glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> And honestly, I was there for it. Um, so. And there's some sexual tension in this one. And... Yeah. Like, far more rampant than previous Batman movies. 
And Batman. I'm just going to keep saying it like that. Um, I had a coworker though, that was complaining. She's just like, this is like the fourth Batman. I'm like, well, technically in my life, it's like the sixth Batman. And that's not including all the animated Batman, all the Lego Batman, all the, you know, but like the sixth person to play Batman in my lifetime. Well, and I don't know, I probably have shared this story before, but I'm going to share it again. When my kids were younger and we were watching the Michael Keaton Batman with... Um, the first Michael Keaton The Batman. first Michael Ke- Keaton Batman with Joker was... Um, what's it? Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. And um, <clears throat> there's a scene in there. And my son was like four, Ryan. This was Ryan, yeah. And now that you've met both of the sons. <laughs> now that you know both sons, I have to... Um, so Ryan was probably four or five. And... Um, there's a scene in there where Joker sees Batman for the first time. So he's on this scaffolding and and the Joker's standing there on the scaffolding and, and Batman comes down and lands right in front of him. And Joker looks at him and he says, Jesus Christ. And my son looked at me and he said, that's not Jesus. It's Batman. It's a joy. Yeah. I'm surprised the Joker didn't know that. But there's a scene in this movie where Catwoman... He, he comes up behind her. He comes in stealthily behind her, and, and he says her name, and she jumps, and she's like, Jesus. And Ellen and I both look at each other, and we said, that's not Jesus. It's Batman. <laughs> so now we make the request that every Batman movie have someone called Batman Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Christ. <laughs> so we can say, that's not Jesus. It's Batman. Uh, anyway. Um, but, Yes. Bridgerton looks amazing. It does. Back to that. We are so excited for that. Yes, we are. We're going to start our rewatch this week. Maybe tonight. Maybe tonight. Ellen has to get some homework done. Oh, Ellen, you and your effing homework. Tell me about it. (laughs) Okay. Today we are chatting about The Making of a Highlander by Elisa Braden. It is the first book in her Midnight in Scotland series. It is also tied to books in her Rescued from Ruin series, which, which seems to have featured our heroes' sisters finding their respective HEAs, but not, like, only the sisters, because there's, like, nine books or something like that. Um, This book was followed by The Taming of a Highlander and The Temptation of a Highlander, and it's set to be a five-book series featuring... The bros. The McPherson bros. Um, Here is the back cover description for The Making of a Highlander. Make me a lady and I'll make ye a Highlander. Mad Annie Tullock, Scottish last. Challenge accepted. John Huxley, English gentleman. No lady can tempt him more than the next shore. Everyone wants handsome adventurer John Huxley to settle down. Family, friends, London society. Everyone except John. Sorry, that um, that was really reminiscent of an Arthur's Teacher Trouble book quote <laughs> that we had as kids. Sorry, that's super tangential for only mom. Um... He's evaded too many scheming title huntresses to trust in happily ever after. Now a vow made to a dying friend has him locked in a land dispute with a stubborn Scot who offers one way out. Win the Highland Games. John likes the challenge, but this one's impossible. Still with training from the Scot's stepdaughter, victory might be within reach. He only has to teach the fiery, foul-mouthed, breeches-wearing lass how to land a lord. It seems, quote-unquote, impossible. It seems impossible is just getting started. There we go. <laughs> she's no lady. She's mad Annie Tullock. 
everyone calls her Mad Annie. True, her best friend is a ghost. And yes, her greatest talents involve cooking for giants and taunting ridiculously handsome Englishmen. But she's not mad. She's desperate. To save her friend, Annie must marry a lord. The trouble is, no, no lord will look twice at a hoyden like her. This calls for lady lessons, and she knows just the uptight Englishman to provide them. When did a simple bargain become a battle of desire? Amidst cursed castles, caber-tossing, and questionable chaperones, John and Annie's wildfire, wildfire attraction threatens to send their plans up in flames. And when Annie's family is targeted by a dangerous enemy, John is tempted to stay, to fight, and to win the greatest prize of all, a fiery lass's tender heart. Mom, what did you think of the making of a Highlander? Ellen, I loved this book. Um, I think I am also going to go with a love on this book. Um, it's refreshing in many aspects. I mean, point in its favor, not fake dating. Not fake dating. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, we haven't read a lot of Highland books, and it was fun to read a Highland book. It was fun to read a historical. There's also, like, um, plot-wise a lot of things that are, like, kind of refreshing about this. Um, the fact that he's kind of the first to, like, fall super hard. Um, I found that refreshing. I found it refreshing that they kind of get together halfway through the book and... And get married at, like, 60%. Yeah, and then spend time working together to solve the conflict, which we're obviously going to get to. Um, I liked all the Highland, like the ghosty stuff. And yeah, the all... mystical element, another thing that we're going to get to. Um, all that stuff was really good. Also, it was just super funny. Yeah. Like, she was hilarious. Yeah. And I'm sure you're going to ask me about that, so I won't get ahead of myself. But yes, I loved both of them, and I just, I loved all the side characters. It was fantastic. Yeah. I just loved it all. Yes. So what did you think of... Oh, and I also wanted to say, I'm sorry to say that I had never even heard of Elisa Raiden, and she's got this, like... Um, and it seems like a very well-loved series, because all the books in that Rescued by Ruin series are... I mean, there's, like, nine of them, and they all have, like, a really good star rating, at least on Goodreads. And, um, and I just... I really enjoyed her writing, and... Um, her characters and storytelling yeah. and all that. So I was like, and, you know, I really want to read on and find out what happens to these, to these boys. And, um, yeah. Can we call them boys? No. <laughs> they are brawny men. They are big brawny Highlander as, men. As Annie likes to point out to him all the time. Um, okay. What did you think of Annie as our heroine? I loved Annie. She made me laugh from the get go. I loved her crass, sense of humor and I loved her little brogue. I just loved everything about her. Yeah. I loved Annie. She's definitely in contention for like heroine of the year. She, I just like adored her from page one. Yeah. Like I was three pages in and I told mom, I'm like, I love her. Like she's <laughs> great. Um, <laughs> just all the crap she throws at him all the time. It's just hilarious. Yeah. She, I mean, you know, they're, their insult hurling starts to become much more flirtatious, obviously, as the book goes on. Um, but just the fact that she did not let up on him, like, for an instant. Well, was... and I love that she uses those talents to bring down the bad guy in the end and um, in rare form. Yeah. <laughs> Where she just, like, berates him and berates him and berates him. 
So he <laughs> breaks. Until he breaks. It was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I I love that she's this like really sassy, tough girl who still had some insecurities and things like that that would creep up, as we all do. So she's not like completely infallible, you know? Um, and uh yeah, I just I loved her. She was just the lines that she would say that I can't even like bother to requote because um <laughs> I can't do the Scottish brogue. Uh, but the things that would come out of her mouth were just hilarious. And I love, like, moments where she's trying to be a lady. Like, when um, Robert first comes over to the house and she's got all the pins in, in her dress and she's trying so hard to be, like, this really respectable lady because it's the first time that he's seen her in her dress and uh, that John on a pin. And she's, and she's like, ah, oh, devil's bollocks! <laughs> Robert's just like, oh, okay, so I see what kind of girl you're going for, John. I just, I loved her, and I loved how she was always, like, making fun of his manhood, and he's like, I'm going to make sure she knows I'm a man. <laughs> yeah, I I loved her. I loved, like, her relationships with her stepdad, and, yeah. which was really sweet. And I loved, because when he questions her, he's like, why do you always make sure he everyone knows he's your stepdad? Because it's... At first, it seems like that's a put down to her stepdad. And she's yeah. like, no, I want everyone to know that he loves me, not because he has to, but because he wants to. He chose to. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah. And, you know, as it goes along, she calls him dad da. more often and things like that. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I loved her. I loved, and I loved how she was fiery. Like, always with good cause. You know, she was always kind of sticking up for, you know, like, when she, like, works herself into exhaustion caring for Broderick and yeah. things like that. And um, and how, like, part of when, like, a moment when he falls in love with her is when she's being really sweet with the kind of simple-minded boy yeah. in, in town. Cleghorn? I'm trying to think. Ronnie Cleghorn. Ronnie Cleghorn. Um, and, yeah, I just... I loved her. She's, like, a huge part of why I loved the book yeah. as much as and I did. just made it so much fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, what did you think of John Huxley, or English, as our hero? Um, I was here for it. <laughs> um, I, I, I liked John Huxley. First of all, I liked that he fell for her so hard, and he really liked when she was trying to push his buttons. Yeah. And, like, that made him, like, like her even more. And I liked that about him. And I liked that... Um, that he fell for her when she was dealing with Ronnie, mm -hmm. dealing with when she was, yeah. Being sweet. Being sweet with Ronnie. And, um, you know, and I liked that he kept saying, my family's going to love you. My family's going to love you. And she just, no, they're all lords and ladies and I can't, I can't. And he's just, don't worry about it. They're going to be fine. Yeah. And it turns out that they were. <laughs> of course, because they were all romance hero was, heroines themselves. Yes. Um. Yes, I loved him. I especially loved him once we get to that point where, you know, he does succumb so early and just, like, sets out to, like, make her his. Um, well, and goes and helps her brother and, and just, uh -huh. like, yep, this is what's going to happen, so and i got to do this and this and this. I mean, it's it's a pretty big 180, but I do think she does a good job of explaining it where, you know, he kind of, like, realizes talking to Robert that he, like, loves her and... um. And Robert's like, yep, 
as soon as I realized <laughs> I loved Annabelle. I know exactly I... what you're going through. <laughs> and um, and I did love his reaction to how the women in town treated her. Yeah, I loved that. The I called it the big mistake. Huge. Big mistake. Because it's... I was in here the other day going to buy a dress. <laughs> And you didn't want to serve me? Well, I was in mistake. here and you treated me like shit. So now my boyfriend's going to shut down your store. Big mistake. Huge. Yeah. Think twice next time, lady. <laughs> um, yeah, I um, and I loved his like kind of determination to win her over and kind of be able to stand up with her brothers. And well, and I love that he's like, does your dad know about this? Your dad needs to know about this. We need to let him know about this because yeah. he couldn't believe that they would stand for it. And they wouldn't have if they'd known, yeah. which is probably why she didn't want to say anything because, yeah. you know, they didn't always handle everything as diplomatically as John did. But. Yeah. I don't know that you could say he handled that diplomatically, though. Yeah, he just, <laughs> he bought the building and kicked her out. <laughs> um, but I love it, too, how, like, I was thinking about it reading the... Um, back cover description that the whole um him winning the highland games thing like is basically how the book starts out and is kind of like the basic plot of the book and then it becomes like a complete moot point yeah just like just because even if he had lost it still would have all worked out i mean it was but it was cute it was really it was cute the whole story was fun and cute Um, delightful as i like to say delightful um Okay, what well, did you think that this book suffered from first bookitis at all? No, I didn't even realize it was a first book until I began to realize it was attached to another series. You know, as you read on, and you realize it's attached to another series, and then just as they describe her brothers, I'm like, okay, these boys are all getting books. I think it did suffer a bit from first bookitis, and it was made worse by the fact that there was obviously an entire other series at play as well, because there's so many people being introduced that I was like, wait, what? Who are all these people? And um, I think I didn't walk away with like a very distinct impression of any of the brothers except for Broderick. Um, He's the only one we need to. Who I adore. He's the and, next book. And yeah, and I, I was going to say, and maybe that's intentional because he is the next book. Um, and then in his book, another brother will be explained more. That's the way that a lot of these work. I know, but um, I don't know. That would that would be like if I were to have a quibble. I I do think it suffers a bit from having to like tie into well maybe a bit but it didn't it wasn't off-putting I still enjoyed everything about it so yeah and in the end it was still successful because it made me want to read the other books right so um but I just thought it needed brought up because I did feel that a, a smidge um what did you think of the mystical element of the book I thought it was fun because it's a Highlander book I think it was fun to bring in all the, that kind of Scottish uh, myths and magic and mysticism. Mysticism, and I liked, um, you know, McBean. Is that her name? Yeah, <laughs> she was funny. Yeah, she was really funny. <laughs> she kept referring to him as the wrong person, and then kept talking about these antics that she had with his uncle, who wasn't even his uncle. <laughs> that, was that, like, was, okay. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> and how what a terrible chaperone she was. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, she was a lot of fun. Anyway, I just really liked, I liked, it added to the Scottishness of the book. Yeah, it definitely made it feel more like, a, like, you know, a Highlander story as opposed to just a historical set in yeah. Scotland. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I, I really liked 
just kind of um, what it added to her character that everybody thought she was this crazy lady because she had a ghost best friend, um, which is a little... Yeah, that would be a little... A little odd. Um, (laughs) But it just kind of helps really flesh out her character, like, from the get-go that, you know, in the first few pages, she's hanging out with this ghost boy um, who maybe doesn't turn out to be... A ghost. Where do you think that... Like, where, 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 what was your takeaway from what that was, what was supposed to be going on there? Well, because there was a whole thing where he had actually seen the boy. Yeah. Um, and then there's the white raven. Mm-hmm. I think, because it turns out, what did they refer to him as a protector? Not, yeah. not a ghost, but so like a maybe it was. Or like a, <laughs> our guardian angel kind of. The spirit of her mother, maybe, in this small boy, because she knew that the, that if she appeared as a small boy, it would be something that she would connect with yeah i don't know exactly yeah i don't know that you're supposed to know um i don't know that they even know yeah but it was it was kind of and it was um it helped give them some more like interpersonal conflict too because um there's always like even when they get together there's this kind of unspoken like tension between them about him not believing her with finley and um so it was kind of but it, it it gave the story a fun element, I thought. Yeah. Um. So they get together around halfway through the book, um, a little over. But I mean, like, it's basically at fifty percent where he decides that he's in love with her and he's gonna win her. Um. What did you think of that pacing? I would say, and we kind of already touched on this, but I liked that it was. I liked the the way it went. Here's what I would have had a problem with because I was afraid because it was only at like 60%. Mm -hmm. And then she got mad at him because she found out he was a lord and he hadn't said anything, which I totally understood as he explained everything. Yeah. And she comes around and... She she kind of frustrates me in that part just because it's like... Why are you so upset about this? It doesn't seem like the kind of thing that would... So that was one of my other questions and we can talk about it now, but... um... But if that had dragged on... I would have had a problem with that pacing. Yeah. And that's what I was afraid was coming. But then when she just quickly, and I like that she just goes to him and she says, we're going to get married tomorrow. He's like, okay. <laughs> He's like, that's what I wanted anyway. So. so he says, why don't we just do it today? And yeah. she's like, nope, tomorrow. <laughs> um, yes, I agree. And it's like I said, I, I think it, it felt refreshing, which I know it's not the first book to do this, but um to have them kind of get together and, you know, encounter a couple missteps after they get together in their interpersonal, but then have the main conflict be them working together to solve this problem that, you Which know, is exactly how that went down. Which is exactly how that went down. And, with, um... With her family, by the way. Yeah, but it was... It's, it's always nice to see them working together in a... As a cohesive unit. Yes. Um... And I think that helps kind of bond them a bit. Yeah. It makes you buy into that HEA mm-hmm. rather than an HFN. Um, <laughs> so I liked that um, quite a bit. So I have Let's Talk About Conflict. And I was going to say it's kind of twofold because you have the, the plot surrounding Broderick being one of the conflicts. And then to a lesser extent, because as we touched on it it kind of is over and done with pretty quickly but her finding out the truth about his lordship 
So the lordship thing, that's like the only part where she kind of frustrated me because it's like, girl, you've been wanting him to be a lord. lord. Like you've been wanting is. a lord the whole time and now you happen to have fallen in love with a lord. Like this is kind of a... A moot point. A best of both worlds situation. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And, and so I think as it gets revealed, you know, she is more upset that she's not going to be good enough for him now. Um because I think she was planning on just tricking some other guy into... Well, I think she was just planning on marrying some dumpy old lord so that she could... Because she wanted to marry a guy with a title. Just so we explain it. Yeah. She wanted to marry a guy with a title because, because she, she believed... She believed that her ghosty friend would be, like, reincarnated in her baby if she married a lord. Because <laughs> it's something he said to her. And she thought, oh, I need to marry a lord. A dream. And then he'll, he'll come and, you know... But really, what... Finley was telling her, I was like, marry a lord. Marry this guy. It's your destiny. Yeah. You're supposed to marry this guy is essentially what he was saying. Yeah. Marry the English guy because he's a lord. But Finley, I guess, just didn't know that she didn't know he was a lord. <laughs> um, he wasn't hip to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I will also say back to the mystical thing. I liked that... Um, yeah, that he was her protector when he... And I always kind of suspected that that was going to be the thing, was that he was with her when she needed him. Huh. And then when, you know, Huxley comes along and, you know, Finley knows she doesn't need him as much anymore, he kind of drifts away. But I did like the whole aspect of, like, him appearing to, to John in the dream and mm -hmm. saying, you need to wake up wake up. Yeah. You know, I, I liked, it just made it, a, it made the story more fun. Yeah. And it helped him save her life. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to the conflict. Um, so yeah, so it's pretty brief and then it does kind of like, uh, I think add more to Annie's character because you get to see that she really, you know, for all her bluster and stuff, she really does like want to be this kind of English bride yeah. for for him, um, and it gives him the opportunity to say, "I don't want that bride. I want you. You yeah. know, and my family's gonna love you even with just the way you are." So um, I thought that that was cute, and yes, like you said, I like that it's just kind of over and done with fairly quickly. I, when it was starting up, I was like, "Oh gosh, this is gonna ruin this." Yeah, that for was me. me. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna bug me." Yeah, and then it was over quickly, so I was like, "Okay, I'm on board. Let's move forward." What did you think about the plot surrounding Broderick? Um, well, I liked it because I think it's going to lead into a very nice book. Yeah. Book. If I have a quibble about that, it, it kind of like came up out of nowhere. Um, I wish there had been like kind of more. Well, I think that that was the whole point, though, was to, that it came. They, for them, it even came out of nowhere. I know, but they could have alluded more. I mean, I, I felt like they could have alluded more to there being contentions among, because all of a sudden it's like her brother's gone <laughs> and then they, and then she like gives in all this like backstory about where they think he is and who took him. And so maybe they, if they'd had a run in with Skeen. Skeen. Yeah. Like if, if that run in with Skeen or whatever had happened prior to Broderick getting taken and then she had to describe like, oh, he doesn't like my family because of this. And then... Broderick is put in jail and um I don't know I just think that that would have well it worked out fine the way it was I thought and I mean because they didn't even know 
why Broderick, I mean, they had to investigate it themselves to figure out why Broderick was in jail. What, and did we ever, we never really know who the girl was that. Yeah. Well, that's obviously going to come, come up, up in the next book. book, huh? Yeah. Um, because I read the back cover description for that one and there's obviously still things at play. Oh. Um, well, he, he might get thrown in jail again or be at risk of being thrown uh, in jail and that would break my heart. maybe have to marry somebody too. No. Basically, it seems like she, Kate, because the next book is about Kate and Broderick. Broderick. And Kate, Kate kind of is John's witnesses. Sister. Yeah, Kate is John's sister. Kate witnesses uh, the crime. And so in order to, I think what it's going to be is in order to make her not a viable witness, they have to get married. They have to get married. Got it. Because so. then she can't testify against her husband. Yes. Um. Anyway. And, you know, I'm sure passions will be ignited during uh. that time. Um, but, yeah, any other thoughts on the Broderick situation? No, I, I'm looking it forward did, to reading made, the next book. Yeah, it made me excited for Yeah. Because we love a, you know. We love a scarred hero. Broody scarred hero. Has to wear an eye patch. Who is, like, a former sweetheart, you yeah. know. So, you know he's going to. That's going to come out. Come back to his sweetheart roots. Um, and I loved a, a one-eyed hero because... Mom's technically one-eyed. I am also one-eyed. <laughs> um, let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> it gets pretty saucy. Yeah, they hit it a lot. And, and they, they are there for it. Yeah, they... And, you know, she tells him she wants babies. And he's like, challenge accepted. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> and in it. And all over it. Well, and I like how she's teasing him and says, like, all you're good for is getting me pregnant. And he's like, oh, really? No. <laughs> okay, then I, so I'm not going to touch. <laughs> then all I'm going to do is stick it in you. That's <laughs> all we need to do. Well, okay, you can kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can do some feeling up. Uptown, if you know what I mean. Put those hands to work a yeah. little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um. But yeah, it it kind of got like more saucy than I was expecting it to. Well, it wasn't out of our realm of No. I mean, it's definitely not like anywhere near to the sauciest thing we've read, but more saucy than I was expecting from this sweet There you go. Sweet book with ghost children. With in ghost it. children. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost babies? The melting ghost babies? What's that from? <laughs> it's from uh Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah that's, that's you, right. Summer. That's, that's what, what you sound, you sound like. like. <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> okay. What was your swooniest moment? Uh, I had a lot of swoony moments. I did, too. I have, like, a bunch of backups, if to you be pick honest. mine. I think I might go with um, the dressmaker store yeah, when, when he walked in and he was totally angry about that. Um, just him helping with her brother. I mean, I could... List many, many, but I don't want to step on your toes. Yeah. Um, I had that one. Definitely. Like, I think when that was kind of the first gets one. mad that... on her behalf for the way they're treating her and spitting on her and yeah. calling and her names. Yeah. And it's just like, and... oh, heck no. Yeah. And I just love how, because he's only ever seen this, like, super sassy, like, takes no prisoners side of her. And then he walks in and he just sees this kind of, like. Broken side. Yeah. And it's just like, I cannot allow this. And, um, or even when he was protecting her when Skeen, is that his name? Yeah. 
and his men were like pulled him over and he puts his hand on her knee and he's like, okay, that's it. This is done. <laughs> we'll be having no more of these shenanigans. <laughs> Get your nasty hands off of her. Um, I, I think the other one that came to my mind is first of all, I mean, this is like the saucy moment, but the, the waterfall. Yeah, Just because the visuals of that yeah. were kind of nice. Just him swimming. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. I'm there for that. <laughs> and it kind of reminded me of the, the scene that you keep making fun of in the Bridgerton trailer where um, he <laughs> comes out of the water and he's like in His the... shirt is impossibly thin. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no way there was a fabric made in those days that was that thin. Okay, there's um, my rant. But, anyway, but, but you know, I'm going to be here for it. It's not like I'm going to turn the TV off when that part comes. <laughs> no, I will not stand for this. I will watch it probably more than once. <laughs> but um, I, so I kept thinking of that when he comes out and his like, you know, drawers are see through and she's like, oh boy. Um, anyway, there's proud, that. proud of that. No modesty here, I yeah. see. But the, the other one that I was thinking of that's pretty swoony was. Um, where, cause you know, she turns, I will say this is also kind of a moment that frustrated me, but when she turns down his, well, like when she kind of like questions or is hesitant at his proposal and he loses his mind, I was like, dude, give her a second. Yeah. Like that's fair for anybody. Like some people just like react, have different reaction times. And like he was freaking out because she didn't instantly say yes, you know? Yeah. Um, Anyway, and so she shows up and... Um, at, like, midnight at his castle. Yeah, she does, which we all knew where that was going. Um, she's getting tough. <laughs> but when she shows up and she's, like, you know, going on this tirade, like, of course I want to marry you. And he just, like, that's all, like, the, those words are out of her mouth. And he's just, like, okay. <laughs> that's all I needed <laughs> to hear. Let's to go. Hear. Let's do this. <laughs> we are good to go. Uh, I just thought that was kind of, like... Nice. Um, anyway, um, let's now hear from some of you as to what you thought of this book. Dana said, I'm loving the audiobook. I've started thinking in a Scottish brogue. That's always a good way to go. <laughs> oh, the audiobook would be good for that. Yeah. In fact, yeah, I want to listen. That's, I told you I want to get the second book on audiobook, and you got all mad at me. So I think, whatever, mom, you did. You were like, well, you have to read the next book quick. Well, and we do need to read the next book quick because we've got to record early. I know. Okay. Um, Dana continues. I like how both Annie and English have things to teach one another and how that is set up. I'm not too fond of the ghost boy situation, but I'll get past it for the romance. I love Annie's feisty personality and her relationship with the magical woman. I forget her name. And her brothers. McBean? McBean. I think. I, I kept getting, because what was, um, Nora's last name? There was a lot of mix. She was Baird. Baird. But was she? She wasn't a Mick. Oh, she wasn't. So there was McPherson. Was she McBeard? I think. McBaird. McBaird. I can't remember now. I know. Um. Anyway, but I was getting everybody. Is it on the Sneetches that they have somebody McMichael McBean or whatever his name? Probably. Is? <clears throat> That's what I kept thinking about was the Sneetches. The star bellied Sneetches had stars upon ours. Um, Natalie says on that note, uh, I think this book is delightful and I'm so glad it was voted in this quarter. It's a nice change of pace from all the contemporaries with cartoon illustrated covers. Yes. Yes. Side note, I read some reviews for, um, where folks didn't care for the cover, but I think it's gorgeous. I also think it's gorgeous. It's very like old school, but I think it's a really pretty illustration. Uh, now I have to look it up because I... Never look at the covers. Yeah. Um, no, I really liked it and like the 
I am the here color for, balance. I'm here for this. Yeah, and I like what they've done here. <laughs> I like what you've done here. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, she continues. For me, this book has a lot to love: an unconventional, fiery Scottish lass, ghosts, teasing banter, men throwing trees, lessons, mystery and danger. Home castle renovation, hot sex, nicknames, loving step-siblings, an appreciation for good bread, Highland-related innuendo. Yes. All good things Um, that are in this book. I do like good bread. (laughs) (laughs) We should get the recipe for bread. We should get the recipe for bread. I enjoy a bit of magic, so I loved how it was woven throughout the story. And I just loved Annie so much. I want her to be my BFF. And not only because she bakes delicious bread. Yes. I also appreciate that this is the beginning of a series, but there are only three books out so far. So it's not intimidating to get started. However, if you loved it and want more, the author has another long series you can dive into. Yes, which is where his sisters crop up. Yes, they do. Um, yes, that's I'm very much in agreement with basically everything. I did. <laughs> it was kind of funny. All the um, she was very um, used for her food for her food skills. Is that fair to say? Yes. Also, I'm sorry if anybody can hear whatever is going on. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on out there. (laughs) My dad is using power tools of some sort. It sounds like in the house, which makes me nervous. But (laughs) we're going to go outside. We're going to plow through this podcast and then I'm going to go see what has been destroyed in my home. Yeah. Um, Deborah says, I just finished this book and moved right into the second book. I'm reading the book with a Scottish accent playing in my head. I loved the characters, the story, and the writing. Great choice for me. Me too, Deborah. Me as well. Um, like-minded Lori. Let's is, see. Is she still like-minded? Let's, Let's see, see, Lori. I enjoyed this book so much, so much that I dove straight into the second one when I finished. So far, so good, so Lori. So far, so good. The book, is, the third book, isn't available on audio yet, but I've considered buying it on Kindle since Campbell's story sounds utterly fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it goes Broderick and then Campbell. Got it. Um, while I have read plenty of historicals over the years, I don't think I've read a lot of Highlander stories, but this series has opened a door to enjoying a whole new subgenre for me. Yeah, I'm I'm always like, I need to read more Highlander books because I always love them because they're big, brawny men, yeah, which are. is so totally my type. Um, and I have a lot of Scottish ancestry. We do. I like to imagine that I came from big brawny Scotsmen. Mom is a a Mick herself. I am a Mick. Her maiden name is a Mick. Um, and yeah, a lot of, and even on your father's side, we have a lot of Scottish in our family background. Yes. Um. Anyway, like-minded Lori continues. Um. From what I can tell, when. When a man in the highlands of historical Scotland fell in love with a last, he, alas, he fell hard. Yes. The word cherish comes to mind. They seem to truly cherish the woman they love, and it's so fun to read. Anywho, as for this book, I adored Mad Annie Tullock and Johnny and John English Huxley. They were such well-developed characters, and their journey to trusting and falling for each other was a delight. The magical element to the story was a bit unexpected, but it worked for me. The supporting cast here is also fantastic, which bodes well for the series. The big brood of blustery stepbrothers is brilliant, and kooky Miss, Mrs. McBean was an absolute hoot. Yes, she was fine. I'm happy to report she's still around and just as kooky for book two, and from what I can tell, book three as well. 
edited to add. Oh, and this cover. The artwork on the covers in this series is truly stunning. I'm not bothered by the cute graphic designed illustrated covers that are so popular right now, which honestly maybe corresponds with my usual gravitation towards rom-coms or something, but holy wow, I feel compelled to acknowledge that this cover is absolutely gorgeous. I agree. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan. Yeah. It harkens back to, you know, the old schools, and I'm, I'm always down for that. Yeah. Got um, a bare chest and a kilt. What more could you want? Yeah, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> um, Ruthie, who will be on next, next week's episode, said, Really enjoyed this one. Annie was so much fun. Their banter was great. I love that his decision came first, and he never wavered. I was wondering about the previous couples, too, another series, I think. It's been a while since I've read a nice, solid historical. I also liked that there was an early clearing of the air, and they got married, and then made a great team. I will definitely read more of this author. Yeah. Likewise. Yes. Um, Cassie said, I loved this book. Annie is heroine of the year so far for me. She was fantastic. I just loved her so much. Annie's whole family was so lovely, and I'm going to move right on to book two next because I want to read Broderick's story. The storyline with the little ghost boy was unexpected but, but sweet. The side characters were great. The banter between Annie and English was perfect. I loved that we got to see them working together as a married couple to take down the bad guy. The audiobook narrator was wonderful, which always enhances the experience. As for the cover, I think it's beautiful, and I always prefer any kind of illustrated cover over photos of real people on a cover. This one reminds me of older historical romance covers, and I appreciate the artistry that goes into a cover like this, but I can see why some people don't like it. Something about Annie's face specifically is a bit uncanny valley for me personally. I can't put my finger on it, but it's a little unsettling. (laughs) Overall, this book was a solid five-star read for me and is easily one of my favorite historicals I've read in a while. I think if... I think I was looking... Because sometimes I think with these new quote-unquote illustrated covers like, like this one, sometimes I think that they take a photo and make it appear illustrated. I agree with you. I think that's what's gone on here. Um, so that could be, yeah, because I'm looking at it. I don't think that those abs were illustrated. Those are too real, too lifelike. <laughs> at least I'd like to think they are. Yeah. I'd like to think there's a person out there with those. <laughs> Except she did say he had hair on his chest and this, this young man has obviously been very waxed. <laughs> He's... Done a great deal of manscaping. <laughs> um, Jen said, this was my first Elisa Braden book, and I really enjoyed it. I loved the Scottish setting, and hearing the accents on the audiobook was delightful. Annie and English were such a great couple, and I loved their banter. The Highland game lessons were hilarious. They always sounded so dirty. Thrust. Um, yeah, there was a lot of... A lot of very innuendo... Grabbing rich. wood and <laughs> thrusting and all sorts of... Your caber... All sorts yeah. of caber talk. Lots of, well, they just literally call it the cab- their yeah. caber. I thought Brayden did a great job of setting up the series, which I will continue reading. I think I'm going to go back and read Robert's story as well. Yes. He's like a 0.5 in that first series. So I don't know exactly where he fell yeah, he in the... In it. Yeah. Um... Gail says, this was a like for me, not a love. I thought the ghost child story was a bit confusing and the anachronisms drove me crazy. There definitely are. I think all the innuendos are maybe a little bit anachronistic. Um, 
Or I, I was here for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the positive side, I love it when the guy falls first and all of the teasing references to other characters, romances that led me to that lead me to believe there are more books out there about the Huxley family. Annie drove me a bit crazy when she was angry at her English for being a lord. I mean, really, she got what she wanted, John and a lord. What is there to be mad about? Yeah. Also, it bugged me that she called him English as a pet name. I felt like there was more to complain about than praise, but I did like the story and I'm willing to read another book by the author, especially since there is one about a sister who wants to be a writer. Um, about, yeah, there that may be more in line with what I like. And it's the next book, so... Um, Jan on Twitter says, absolutely loved it. Have read the next two books already and waiting for the other two in the series. Love the McPhersons. Yep. Yep. They're a fun, fun group. I also like and reading then, about all those brawny boys. Yes. And then finally, Shannon said, I may be a little late for the podcast with my thoughts, but I had to write something. Never too late, Shannon. We're always procrastinating till last minute. <laughs> Um, I just loved this book. It has everything I love about a good historical, slow burn, witty banter, and in Scottish slang, no less. Little bit of magic from the wee folk and good suspense thrown into the mix. I loved that the conflict didn't keep them apart, that they talked and communicated, that they forgave and loved. So many swoony moments. You know it's a great romance when you are torn between wanting to find out what happens next and not wanting the story to end. I would definitely keep reading this series. Love to see what happens with her band of stepbrothers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that it seems to be overall successful for everybody. Um, I really loved it. And yeah, I definitely want to keep reading and find out what happens to all these boys. Yeah. These men. Yes. Yes. I want to keep reading. And when are the other books supposed to come out? I think, well, all it said was... they're going to get me in the middle of this series. Yeah. I think that there's probably another one um, coming out, it sounds like, maybe at some point this year. I don't know when. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts, Mom? Um, no. I loved it. I haven't loved a book that, like this in a long time. And Likewise. I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. Same. And ready to dive into the next one. Yes. But not this week. But not this week. <laughs> I might listen to it on my commute. I've been listening. I haven't been listening to as many books on my commute. I've been kind of trying to keep up with all the craziness going on in the world during my commute. But I think I might take a break from that. Yeah. It gets a little over. <laughs> yeah. Um, and maybe I'll dive in to this book instead. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on The Making of a Highlander by Lisa Braden. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to, if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On March 21st, we will be chatting about Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover with listener Ruthie. Um, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. Welcome, Ellen. All right. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.